0: Hey everyone and welcome to the show i'm mike and i'm marty and this is two guys a league and some guests let's get it started i Sons know just criminals damn it <laughs> all right um so yeah, other than that, I think we're ready to rock and roll. Uh, are, are, are we we're, in the show? We are might we, be in
1: the show. Do I feel something. Something's in. What? Just the tip. So... Jesus. <laughs> dude, see, listen. This is the second week in a row that we got
0: to put some of these clips in the friggin' two-leg after dark. We got to get it's a just handle for on for fun, Just for
1: fun. We, there's a reason why we put explicit when we edit. Like that, that little thing that says explicit. <laughs> no kitties. No kitties. Although my son's upstairs. He's nope. probably hearing us. Anyways. I'm a great father. Um, We're in. So, hey, listen.
0: Program brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and our sponsor, DraftKings. Thank you, DraftKings. Thank folks.
1: you, THPN. Th- Appreciate that. Um, um, so, I, be, this would have been a good episode to have my dad, my dad, my dad on the show. I think because uh, right off yes. the top, Boston Bruins. So. You've got the stats. You went all... here. Here's factual stuff. I went philosophical in a sense. I tend to do that. and yes, did. And, that, and that's yeah, fine. Know, I'm not looking for justification. Listen, I know it's fine.
0: Listener loves it.
1: <laughs> and if it's not, I don't care. Put your own show on. This is my show. So... <laughs> I just wanted to talk a little bit about, like, you know, the concepts of why, in my opinion, what's going on, what the things that we kind of need to consider in the way of the Boston Bruins. So when a team like the Bruins do, they do what they do, and it's not just for this season; it's also from from last season, the record season, setting a setting a record for the most points in a single season, supplanting the uh, who was it again? Who did? Whose record did it used to belong? Would you stop was it? It, Just it stop was Edmonton. It. Oh no, wasn't stop. Edmonton? Now Montreal, oh, all Canadians. Thank you very much, Boston. I appreciate it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so at this point now we're looking for credit, right? Like for this season, a few names come to mind. Pasternak, of course. Talk about him a little bit later too. Uh, who? Um, Pasternak simply has not stopped being one of the best players, one of the most dominant players in the world. Marchand, who, despite after. Uh, sorry, despite appearing to play a, another season under the appointed a game. Uh, that's kind of where he was last year. Kind of the reason why I dropped him too, because he looked like he was falling off. But he's currently at 24 goals in 49 games and is only two points shy of a appointed a game. So he's not doing that bad at all, actually. Charlie Coyle for stepping up. Uh, Charlie Coyle basically being the best of both worlds, offense and defense. Um, But honestly, for me, it's down to three names. Montgomery, Swayman, and Allmark. Um, those were, to me, that's where the credit kind of lives. Yes, Pasternak has got, you know, great season, but there's a part of me that feels like you kind of needed to expect that from him. And it's, again, I'll talk about that a little bit later. But head coach Jim Montgomery has run this system to perfection. And yes, players deserve the credit for falling in place. But give the, they've been given the ragtag moniker kind of, so to speak, on this team. Like there's a lot of, there's a kind of a list of throwaway players on this team. And I'd say finding a system that fits is more important than getting this group to commit. So really, because you can you can talk to a team like this and say, guys, listen, we really need to come together and make this make sense. And given the history of most of these players, a lot of them would just sort of fall in line. And it's, it's no disrespect to the, to the players on this team. There's a lot of good names, but they're all role players. So it's easy for them to kind of fall in line. That's where Jim Montgomery's system really comes into play because you've got to find the right system to get these guys to not just fall in line, but to click right and for, for have it to, to have it make sense with this team so you can continue to win. So it's a big deal. Swayman and Allmark are the best duo in the NHL as well. Um, and honestly, that's an end of discussion there. So kudos has to go to them just as much as the coach. But that's where I wonder if we shouldn't be talking more about the goalies than the system. I really do wonder if Montgomery would be as successful with this team with mediocre goalies, and I honestly don't think so. If you take away the sure things in nets and put in, say, the Devil's goalie carousel, and I really feel this team isn't nearly as successful as they are today. That sounds like easy to say, but it, it's 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 the concept of like, well, where does the credit go for two back-to-back seasons? One season being a brand new record uh, for the most points in a season, and another season of where. A lot of the people thought that there were going to be another. The shoe was going to finally actually fall off with the loss of Bergeron and Krejci, like the sort of the heart and soul of this team. They're gone now. So what do they do? But keeping Montgomery, honestly, he's at this point now. Montgomery is absolutely part of the conversation for the Jack Adams Trophy. But you need to have both Swayman and Allmark in the Vesna conversation as well. So, keeping Montgomery out of the Jack Adams conversation really feels wrong. And putting both Swayman and Allmark into the Vesna conversation also feels a little bit wrong just because it's a duo. And it feels like they're kind of the mm. beneficiary, the beneficiaries of a really good system too. So all that just really confusing. But in the end, the team, the staff, the coaches, everyone involved, simply they don't care about that stuff. At the end of the day, they're winning. They're winning a lot. And they're going to be part of a cup conversation, again, all season long. So to me, at this point, you got to look at those three, the, the coach and the two goalies and go, well, who deserves most of the credit? And then when you start talking about awards and stuff like that, who like do you give Montgomery the Jack Adams award? Because this is a phenomenal team, I know Rick Tockett's going to be in that conversation too, and I think at this point, I think he yeah, deserves yeah. it more than Montgomery. Even though Boston, like if you look at their at their at their team on paper, there was less to work with in Boston than in Vancouver, and not to suggest that Rick Tockett had it any easier. He didn't. He came into a system that was broken mm-hmm. and had to recreate, re reinvent their identity. Whereas Montgomery kind of just had to keep the ball rolling, even with the loss of uh, Bergeron and Krejci. So, well. I mean, for, for me, what,
0: what comes down to, in regards to the Boston Bruins, and, and let me preface all of this by saying, yes, this is, as a Habs fan, <laughs> everything I'm about to say is going to pain me to no end. He's bleeding, um, folks. He is but bleeding. But having said that, oh, geez, <laughs> I swear to years. God. like I think of the, mig- the migraines coming on already. Um, but I will say, every last bit of it is the, is the truth. Now, I mean... The one word that you're going to hear uh, a fair bit today um, for, for, for both of the teams that we're going to be touching upon today, for me, is culture.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, the Boston Bruins have fostered a culture in that organization, and and you can look at it in, in a number of different ways, whatever. You can look at it from the whole Chara to Bergeron to now uh, Marchand. Like, you're talking about 15, 20 yeah. years here of great leadership Absolutely. in that organization. Do you want to look at it as, gee, why does everybody take a discount out in Boston? (laughs) Well, because you had those types of players take that small discount, and now it's just kind of continuously rolling down the line. Um, Whether you agree with that or not is irrelevant. It is what it is. But for me, the big word when it comes to the Boston Bruins, and it will come up with our next team as well, uh, culture comes into play for me all over the place. That being said, Let's get into some of the numbers that put the spotlight a little bit on the players themselves and as Marty has mentioned you can't take anything away from the players they they are the ones that are actually getting this job done on the ice and the and and the numbers are quite impressive. The team itself has a record of 31 wins, 9 losses, 9 in, by and in overtime for 71 points on the season. They're a 724 points percentage sitting with 173 goals for. 128 against. That's a plus 45 45 goal differential. They're first in the Atlantic. They're tied for first overall in points and and in points percentage, but they are technically second by way of Vancouver having more regulation wins. Um, They're ranked fifth offensively, 3.49 goals for per games played. They're ranked fourth defensively at 2.59 goals against per games played. Power play humming along, fifth overall in the league at 26%. Uh penalty kill is ranked top 10 at seventh, 82.8%. I mean, look, I'm going to mirror a little bit of what Marty said here in regards to some of my notes. But, I mean, look, the clip that this team is on in the first half of the season is ridiculous. Like, I'm sorry. Here we were talking about them all last year. Historic run the whole nine yards. You lose your first and second line centerman. and, And again... Going back to the culture that yeah. both of these players brought into this organization, everyone, everyone said, okay, here's slip right. number one coming up. And, Marty, Marty, it just no. hasn't happened. Period. It has not happened. The team hasn't missed a beat without Bergeron no. or Krejci. Contributions throughout the lineup. Uh, notable seasons from, from Charlie Coyle. You mentioned it already. 49 games played, 18 goals, 24 assists for 42 Crazy. points. Havel Zaka, 45 uh, games played, 10 goals, 20 assists for 30 points. Listen, we're not talking about guys that are McKinnon. Like We're not talking about Kucherov here. We're not talking about guys that have had like 80 points up in like 56 games. But what we do have is two players who have filled in admirably around what what is now missing from that lineup. And I'm sorry, 42 points in 49 games for Charlie Coyle. Thank you very much. I'll take that every day of the week and twice on Sundays. Pavel Zaka? Yeah. Sure. 30 points in 45 games? No problem. Especially when you've got guys that are a point of game in Marchand, in in Pasternak, doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. The other thing about this team, Marty, an unheralded defensive core. Go over that defense, and there's not a flash in there. There isn't any McCars. There isn't any Foxes. But what you got is a good, solid uh, McAvoy, Lidstrom. Again, if they decide to pair those two up, you got to... Lindholm, sorry. Yes, Lindholm. Sorry, (laughs) my bad. If you pair those guys together, you've got a great, great uh, uh, first pairing. There's another great first pairing coming with the next team we're going to be talking about as well. Going back and circling back to Marty and uh, his talk about goaltenders. It's been phenomenal, guys. Swayman 16,37 and 7. 2.30 goals against average 924 save percentage. Linus Allmark. Now Swayman's got him a little bit this year in regards to the peripheral numbers. Allmark's got 15, 6 and 2 on the year. 2.78 goals against average and 915 save percentage. So periphs are a little bit lower than Swayman, <laughs> but this kind of leads me in, this kind of leads me into um, uh, my next point. Allmark may be around again next year. Um, We'll see how that all plays out. But I do think that the way Swayman has played today, or today, this year, uh, he's certainly making a case to be the number one for that organization. Seems that way. Because I do think, because I do, listen, great. You have a great tandem and those are super important. But you and I both know, Marty, that they're going to be able to use an area of strength, goaltending, to prop up another area that they may have some deficiencies in that lineup, I think maybe a forward. Yeah. Now, does that happen this year? I, if I'm if I'm Boston's management, I don't think I'm doing too anything really. I think I, I go with what I got here into the playoffs. This group is hungry after that first round defeat oh, yeah. last year to Florida, and, and and that's something that I do want to touch on a little bit here. I I think this is I. Th- Pardon the pun, but I don't think you want to wake the bear, <laughs> because these guys remember. Mar a guy like Marchand, a guy like to a lesser extent, even a guy like Pasternak, and I say Marchand a little bit more because he's been there for a lot of the winning, he's been there for any kind of losing that they've had. Like he he that stays that 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 stayed mm-hmm. with him. You know that stayed with him, and you know he's still tasting that, and he doesn't like it. And he's gonna, and I'm going to tell you, if they get beaten that first round, Marty, I'm, listen, I'm not going to sit here and say that the Boston Bruins cannot be beaten the first round, but I will say this though, if you are going to beat them in that first round, you will have to beat the living shit out of that hockey yeah. team for them to not, for them to lose that first round. because man, old oh man, there is a will inside that club right now, and that has stayed with them all summer last year. And all year this year, and they're going to go into the playoffs and they are going to be hungry, Marty. Does that mean this, that, the, I don't know what that means. But I do know that they're going into that first round. And whoever, whoever locks up with them in that first round, Marty, is going to have a hard, hard-fought series. Boston is going to scratch and claw. It, it, I mean, if they can't get out of that first round. They're going to make you, you pay will for it. be black and blue going in. You're going to be oh, black and yeah. blue in round oh, two, man. Yeah. Flat out. It's just going to yeah. happen. But again, with all that out of the way, I do go back to the culture, Marty. And, you know, Montreal is, is in the process of getting that back. right. But, I mean, listen. Regardless of whether they're a rival of mine or not, you, I'm a hockey fan first. And I got to tell you, the way the Boston Bruins have run that organization... Yeah. For easily, easily, Marty, the past fifteen years, if not two decades, that is how you run a hockey team. They have been perennial contenders almost that whole time, Marty. There's never been. I'm trying to, yeah, exactly. I'm trying to
1: think when the last time were they no good.
0: uh, Listen, I mean, if if there's any organizations out there that want to kind of get an idea of how to get this done you probably want to look at the two teams that we're talking about in particular Boston, because there's a much bigger sample size to that. But my God, like, and again, it pains me. It pains me. Oh, I know say as a, as a rival team, but you have to give Boston, their just desserts. And, and it's not even, it's not just on the ice, Marty, like Cam Neely. Yeah. He's been up in that management box for years now, and he just doesn't accept it. And 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 that permeates Absolutely. throughout that 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 team, and then on top of that, Marty, I've always seen Boston as. When I say Philadelphia light, I'm just talking about how, their fans are are lunch pail fans. They they, they want you to come to work, they don't listen. If you lose seven nothing, in front of those home fans at the Boston Garden, or TD uh, TD Garden. They're willing to accept a seven nothing loss. If you gave every last blood, sweat, and tear that you had in that hockey game, they'll take that. Oh, yeah. But what they won't take, but what they won't take is anything less than that. And we all know how Philadelphia fans are. I do put the Boston fans into that kind of category too. Listen, they know their hockey. Marty, they're they're one of the original six teams. Like, this this is definitely a fan base that understands what their team is and i'm sorry like i know i'm kind of going on a little bit here about boston but listen they deserve it man they really do uh labs fan or not over here you gotta tip your cap to that organization and how they run their business for easily the past two decades
1: and that's that's kind of what i'm doing right now and i'm telling you this is a this is a difficult thing to even sort of See, I would say su- I would suggest like, that a, a bad season, obviously, is when you don't make it into the playoffs, right?
0: And I think there was one, maybe, or one or two there over the past. Jesus Christ! Like I, like I say, it must be close to twenty okay, years. Okay. So
1: mark. this, I'm on ESPN, and starting in oh five, what is it? Oh five, oh six? Yeah. Uh, no, oh two, oh three. Okay. So since oh two, oh three, one, two, three, four, four seasons they didn't make the playoffs since two thousand two, two thousand three, like. That's twenty years.
0: Come on, that—that's consistent. That's absurd. Consistent, like playoff hockey. It, it's it absurd, is, man. like that. It—if it, it, it's not the standard, it's one of. So the culture
1: that, that comes with Boston. When you put on that jersey, yeah. you know your 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 expectations you it, are man. to win at all costs. Yeah. You put your you put blood on that ice when you put on that jersey, and that's what you're fighting for. Pretty oh, absolutely. Now. And yeah, you got to respect that, pretty
0: much. I'm absolutely, and and it goes, it's right from management absolutely. down. Uh, you know, Sweeney and and uh, Cam Neely, and again, both of them are uh, yeah. ex Bruins, right? So they've been there. But that, but that's that's the thing. Like you're bringing in the proper people too. Listen, I'm not saying that any team has to have management members that are ex players of that. No, team. that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is. Cam Neely, one hundred and and fifteen percent totally respected in that in that organization. Totally respected by that. Yeah, fan base. They, they just know what they're gonna get. But with listen, him, and they know what they're gonna get. And him I with think
1: what's great about this, and this is a really good point. You got to look at it this way. So Cam Neely, he actually started off in Vancouver, which is ironic, um, and then came yeah. over to Boston and then it a shortened career unfortunately it was just a really unfortunate thing because man was he he was Eric Lindros before everyone even even knew about Eric Lindros he was amazing yeah. the the mitts on this guy and he didn't back down from anything however what well, my point is is that Boston essentially created Cam Neely in the sense of they took their culture and they saw something in Cam Neely like this is the guy this is the guy that Boston this is the kind of player that Boston needs to be. Let's go out and trade for him. That's what they did. Yeah. And then they continued on with that. And that mentality and that heart and that spirit that epitomizes Boston Bruins became Cam Neely before Cam Neely even knew it. And then when he stepped right into that management role, didn't miss a fucking beat. And it was a perfect marriage. And he all he did was continue the tradition of what it means to be a Boston Bruin. So it was a perfect marriage. And it, it makes total sense. So, And I can honestly see... Brad Marchand being the next one in line for something like that. I, I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if yeah. Brad Marchand eventually becomes the GM of the Boston Bruins. He's, he's got that mentality. He's got that. He's not playing for another team. Forget it. Brad Marchand is going to, he's never going to play for another team other than the Boston Bruins. That's just a foregone conclusion. That's like suggesting that Sidney Crosby will play for somebody other than Pittsburgh. It ain't going to happen, but it's sorry. Well,
0: and, and look, I, I no no I was just gonna say I mean when it when it comes to I mean look we said it right off the top nobody really expected this team to be where they are and and Marty I'm gonna go back to the word for me culture the culture that that team the culture that that team yeah. has built if you want my honest opinion is is it is it the full 100% of why they're sitting here like no it isn't forty nine. It is a massive. <laughs> it's a massive amount. It's a massive, massive yeah. amount. I mean, you, you, what team? And and we're talking about a Hall of Fame centerman in Patrice yeah. Bergeron. You lose him, and you lose Krejci. I'm sorry. You could anybody can think what they want about Krejci. Totally, totally. Oh great my as god! A, as, as a uh, two two yep. C second line center, he was perfect. He was he just was. great. So again that culture yeah. I think has pushed this team to where they are this year and, and you know what I mean if, if we're going to stay on this word culture we might as well get to our next oh, team dude.
1: because reinvention there's,
0: there's a certain individual yeah and there's a certain individual that I want to touch on in, in particular that I do believe has changed that culture in that organization and yes I am talking about yeah. Rick Tocchet um You know, does Jim Rutherford come into play here? You're goddamn right he does. Does Patrick Alvin, the GM? Yeah. Yeah, he comes into play as well. I mean, these guys have... It's funny because I almost see it as... You talk about a foundation, right, and building a great foundation so you can build a great home on it. Now we're looking at it, and we're kind of looking at it reversed, right? Your foundation, you're building it up from the top now. Now you got Rutherford up there. The guy is that oh, guy man. has gone through everything and anything in the National yep. Hockey League over the past thirty years. Done deal. He's Absolutely. seen it all. Patrick Alvin Patrick Alvin comes in. Guy's going to have a chip on his shoulder. He's the first uh, Swedish GM in the National Hockey League. He's going to want to put his best foot forward. Rutherford's there to bounce yeah. any anything <laughs> that he has to bounce off him. Rutherford yeah. has seen it. Then you come down to the coach and the one thing that i love about talk it and and i love about any coach who, i love a coach who comes in here and says you know what they may beat us in every small little aspect of the game but the one area where we will never 82 straight games ever get beat is we are never going to get deserved. effort yeah because 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 marty if you start putting effort behind the numbers <laughs> that I'm about to give you here. Success is bound bud. to come. You will under you, 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 are, you will understand why Vancouver yeah. is where they are. Here are the numbers, folks. Let's get into it. Record of 33 wins, 11 losses, 5 in overtime. That equals 71 points on the year, a 724 points percentage, 186 goals for, 127 goals against. That's a plus 59 goal differential. And if I'm not mistaken, I do believe that leads See the lead, I'll it league. Out. Leads the league. Whew. Wow, I'm so excited, man. Can't even get it out. They're first in the Pacific. Yes. They are first overall. As previously mentioned, they're ahead of Boston because of the regulation wins. Ranked second offensively at 3.80 goals, for per games played. They're ranked second defensively at 2.55 goals against per games played. Power play ranked eighth overall, uh, clicking at twenty five percent. Penalty kill, this is the one that kind of surprised me a little bit. It was the only number that seemed to be out of whack. Their penalty kills ranked fifteenth, but listen, halfway half you're at the halfway point of the league. I'm okay with that. Like like I'm all right with that. This is yet another team that was exp- that wasn't expected to be in their current spot, as with the Bruins. They're a fine example of the culture which we've touched on numerous times here already. Can bring about the best at all levels, like I've mentioned. Rutherford, Alvin, Tockett, you got Cami Granado out there yes. in as well, and I did smart want to make sure that I mentioned 100%. that as well. And the reason, and the reason I do, Marty, is they're put they're, they're putting smart, it, people, very smart, people. the right yeah. people into those into the right the right yeah. positions. Um, the lead, the leadership group of the actual hockey club: um, Hughes, Peterson, and Miller. Um, for me, I kind of want to focus on Miller a little bit. We're going to get to him a little bit, uh, later on in the show as well. The thing about Miller that I want to touch on is this a couple of years ago, Marty, and you remember I was about to like, let this guy go, uh, maybe not without trying to trade him or any of this stuff, but even I was getting a little bit fucking fed up with his antics. You know, telling the goalie to get to the fucking bench. And it's like, dude, who the hell do you think you are? I remember that. And no, you're not JT Miller. (laughs) So, but the the point is, is he taught either talk it or the player himself or a combination of the two. However, that manifested itself, he is dealing with that emotion and, and that passion in a much better frame of mind. I mean, Marty. The, the guy is having a, a wicked, wicked year. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's got, in 49 games, he's got 21 goals, 46 assists for 67 points. You would think that Peterson is leading that hockey club in points. Just, you know. Because of name. But there on X, yeah. you hear his name. But, here, but here's Miller leading the charge. And again, he's one of those guys. I'm not going to sit here and necessarily put him in the same stratosphere as Kachuk. But he's, but he's in the vicinity. And what I mean by that is this guy kind of gives you some intangibles. You want, you want to play a little bit of a hard game, a little bit of physical? No problem. JT Miller can get that mm-hmm. done for you. What's that? You want to be all skill? No problem. We can do that for you, too. What's that? You want a little bit of will? Yeah. Okay, we can give you that, too. So he kind of touches on everything, right? But all that being said, Tockett refuses to, like I say, have that team outworked. Demko playing oh, at a, a, a Vesna yeah. level, 26-8-1, 2.44 goals against average, 920 save percentage. As we mentioned uh, while we were talking about Boston, the Vancouver Canucks have a dominant number one pairing in uh, Quinn Hughes and Philip Ronick. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, both of them are still 1-2, I think, in plus-minus for the year. Possibly. Uh, Besser having a massive resurgence. Guys, guys got 30 tucks on the year. Um, And I mean, you know, to top all of what I just said off and what Marty's about to say as well, they go out and get Elias Lindholm. (laughs) Probably the best trade piece out there to fill in what is basically Vancouver's only need. Second line yep. centerman. So, so listen, I mean, the rich get richer, I guess, is, is where we're going here with this. But the Vancouver Canucks are an absolute juggernaut right now. Um, again, I I I go back to talk it and this team not being outworked. Marty, I I think if the, listen again, I'm not going to sit there and say that the Vancouver Canucks cannot be beat in a seven game series by a hot goaltender or whatever sure. the case is. But if but if you get out of the first round against the Vancouver Canucks, you're getting the same goddamn treatment that the Boston Bruins gave you out East, and they are going to be beat the living shit out of you back yeah. black and blue. Like this is too solid of a team for me to think that they would lose in the first round. No guarantees from this guy. <laughs> guarantees have gotten me before, yeah. but I'll tell you both of these squads, Marty, like some impressive I, stuff for sure. Like to, some very impressive stuff. And to the teams that play these guys <clears throat> in the first round of the playoffs, fuck have at it. Good luck. Um, see yeah. you next year. Honestly. Like, yeah. You know what, 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 like it. It is going to be tough. These are some yeah. very, very deep teams. And yes, I know that Boston maybe isn't as deep as they were. I don't a think that matters. Years ago or even last year. Marty I, It doesn't I don't at
1: all. The, the culture's like, too the, good. Their
0: play. They're exactly their and their play on the ice is just. I mean, it, it's like the only thing I can hit on with the Vancouver Canucks is that you have the 15th ranked power play. Other than that, Jesus Christ. They have the eighth-ranked power play. They have the uh, really um, second defense. Living mean, second offense. Nah, like just... I mean, I don't. What more do you want from this team here? Like I mean, they're they're about as as good as you could get here. Um, I'm happy. Maybe, sure, maybe you can add another. Get out another defenseman, maybe. But and that,
1: all you're that, gonna and like you said too, like if you start adding, all you're doing is the rich get richer. And that's like you don't need to add if you didn't do anything between now and the trade deadline, you'd be fine. Um, there's nothing there. And I'm really happy you brought mm-hmm. up Cam Guarnado because, quite frankly, that's something I forgot about. And I do want to mention the importance of their coaching staff, the changes in their coaching staff that they've done, and specifically with oh, her, Marty, yeah. is a big reason why this team has found the kind of consistency, not just success. Any coach can come in and bring in success because. Usually you'll see breath of fresh air into a team. It generally spells out a few W's right out of the gates. Or if it's really not a good fit, it won't. And then you're aware you're aware of it pretty quickly. And then you make another coaching change. But what I'm getting at is somebody like Cammy Granado face adversity, like being a phenomenally great hockey player, um, her in her own right, in her career. But let's face it, and this is not a shot. At all. But let's face it, being a woman in hockey, you're going to face a lot of adversity. You're going to face some naysayers. You're going to face some people, or even just moments where you're trying to push women's hockey through and you get like these fucking misogynistic men coming up and saying, what are you doing? You're never going to be this out of the other. Yep. She has faced all of that head on. She's one of the first to actually be hired on by an NHL squad to actually be part of a coaching staff. And not just that, do so freaking well. So think of the stuff that she's instilling in, the, in her players, in these men like she she's someone these guys are are leaning on heavily for for emotional support through any rocky roads that they might be getting which have been few and far between. She is giving them the kind of mental toughness that I don't know that you can necessarily get from anybody else, be it a man or another woman. It's I'm speaking specifically to this person Cami Granado. It hugely successful, comes from a great hockey family mind. She is extremely brilliant. The addition of her is one of the major reasons why this team is just so fucking powerful. But again, the other pieces in the coaching staff too, like the Sedin twins coming in, who are correct me if I'm wrong here. Are they not power play specialists on this team? That's yep, that's yep, kind, that's kind mistaken. of the role.
0: And, and you know what, Marty? Like I, I'm looking at the uh, the management and kind of coaching staff here, and I mean, aside from Rutherford, mm-hmm. Alvin, uh, you actually have Emily Castengay, who's assistant general manager, along with Kami Granato, who's got the nice. same title. Um, Dale Talon's out there too as a oh, no way. advisor oh, of I hockey operations. Then you then you go down to the coaching staff, and we talked about this before. We um, when we brought up the uh, Vancouver Canucks earlier on in the year. Rick Talkett, Adam Foot, oh, yes. Mike Yo, Sergei Gonchar. Oh, yeah, like you know, th- again, like you mentioned, the Sedin twins and player oh, development. Player develop, okay, uh, Michael Samuelson. Uh, Mike Commissarek, believe it or not, is out there oh, in Vancouver, uh, and Chris Higgins as well. A old couple tabs, old tabs yeah. there, um, but all that to say, like when, like when you walk into this dressing room, yeah, okay, and the coaching staff is sitting. Those faces, and you're looking at guys. <laughs> oh like, my dude, god! I mean, Adam Adam, Adam Foot, Sergey Gonchar. Champion, if I'm not mistaken, talk Sergey Gonchar. I believe was yes. a cup champion in Pittsburgh. If yeah. I'm not mistaken. I believe Tockett was in Pittsburgh as yeah. well for uh, uh, yeah. one of those Cups. I think, um, again, Marty, we, we said pedigree. this when wow. we talked about uh, Vancouver earlier on. Y- you, It's hard not to sit there and listen to these guys. You're looking at Hall of Fame yeah. players. So you're looking at players who have won the Stanley Cup, who have been there, who have gone through the, 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 the trials and tribulations of, the, uh, of, of mm-hmm. a playoff, uh, a whole playoff, uh, 16 wins. Like These guys have been there. These guys have done it. It's hard for... The players now to be bucking against that like when talking and foot are sitting there and saying listen this is a system we're going to implement you Listen, like h- how are you not going to yes, listen sir. to that <laughs> like you, you, you almost 100 pretty much yes. marty pretty much <laughs> like it's a situation where they've insulated that whole organization in regards to management and off-ice positions like i just and again, like you know, going over it, like Granado again. Like there's so many people everywhere you're turning here. You're getting so much information and so much experience. Yeah, it it anyway. is. Anyway, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to keep going about the Vancouver Canucks. This team is ready to rock. Uh, like they, they are. We talk about win now. Oh yeah. This is it, bud. And, and Boston falls into the Absolutely. category as well. But I mean, Vancouver, they're doing every. Every every last thing right, they went out and got Elias Lindholm. One because that was an absolute yep. need for them. Two, two. You just took that away from the Colorado you Avalanche. You just took that guy away from the Boston Bruins. You just took that guy away yep. from whoever. Now it's exactly. yours. Now you're that much deeper. And Marty, the decisions can be kicked down sure. the road. Yeah. What's that? Sign him? Don't sign him? Who doesn't matter? Gives a We're winning fuck? now. Go through yeah. the playoffs. Let's see yeah. what happens. We'll talk about yeah. this later. So Vancouver, you're in a good spot. And by good spot, I mean yeah. phenomenal.
1: Congratulations, Joel! You finally got your team.
0: Oh, man, that is a team to get excited big about, time. big time, man! <laughs> yeah. Holy shit! All right. Ooh, all right. We're gonna hit, we're gonna get into check my fanny, but I think we got to take a break yeah. here. We've yes. really kind of. Sp- spilled a lot here of air here. so we will uh, take a few moments and take a commercial break and hear a word from our sponsor DraftKings looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58 DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered new customers can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets for all the bragging rights we've got the San Francisco 49ers coming in at minus 125 and the Kansas City Chiefs coming in at plus 105 Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York... Call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance See slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources and and you know, I know we're using the word culture a lot today, but man, oh man, like it's it just means It means something. It's, it really it makes a does. Difference. Well, it, it, and it's so funny because, and I, I, I wish I would have mentioned something in the show, like I'll we'll let it go now, but you've got two teams where culture is a very, very big word for mm-hmm. both of them, but it's in two different ways. Yeah. Vancouver's, Vancouver is really starting to build that culture. They're yeah. building it. They're 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 putting the bricks together right now. Boston is where they are today, right now, Be- and with the losses mm-hmm. that they've dealt with, because of the culture that has been instilled in that yeah. organization. For the Boston, past they're decade. absorbing. So Vancouver, kind of they're
1: creating. And you're right. That's different. Yeah,
0: it, like it's it's so funny that way. How the words are fit perfectly for both, <laughs> but clubs, in different ways. But yeah, not that's in a good the same point. way. But in, not in the same. You may way want to put whatsoever. this in the show. So, I don't know,
1: man. Yeah, maybe just, I'll put it in the trailer. Just right? something. something like yeah, that. exactly. Because that's a good point. That's a very good point, actually. It's too good not to put in. God damn it. You know what? We're back from the episode or from the break. And this is in yeah. the episode. We, we are God back damn from- it. That was too smart, Mike. You're too smart. You got to turn it off sometimes. Yeah. So much for a break.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, so much for the break. That's okay, though. They were able to get all. They were able to get in everything that's they right. needed to get in. I'll, I'll okay, make good. sure of it. Good, but good. I'll make sure of it. So check with oh, game. Yeah. We got a little bit more on the bone this week, bud. Right. Um, listen, I mean, yours, yours truly, nothing <laughs> changed. Uh, I yep. still lost. So that n- nothing nothing nope. happened there. The Apocalypse are still uh, uh, the league leaders. <laughs> um, the Royals were able to fend off, um, if I'm not mistaken. Royals? Uh, who was it there? Demons. Uh, the Royals Tom. this week. Uh, yes, they yeah. did beat the Demons. So they were able to... Uh, stay with Joel. I fell uh, uh, another game back. So instead of being half a game back from the leaders, I'm a game and a half. Um, two big weeks coming up uh, over the next two weeks. I've got Scott and Joel the next two weeks. So let's see if I can get myself back into contention. But that being said, um, the Pawn Hogs uh, are having a rough yeah. go here. Uh, suffered their fifth consecutive defeat. Uh, and they are now below 500 on mm-hmm. the season. Uh, they took a loss to the Bucks. Uh, the Cougars defeated the Brigands. What? Uh, while the, again, uh, the, yeah, yeah, it happened. It happened, Shut man. And again, like we mentioned, the demons did fall to the surging royals. Uh, I think, I want, I want to say, I think Scott's on a winning streak. I'm not hundred percent, but I do believe he is either way. That, that being said, there was a trade that we, oh yes, he is five game winning streak. CPHL he is very much on a winning week.
1: streak.
0: Yeah. There he is. Five gamer. Um, big trade this week. Uh, the, Demons continue to accrue draft capital and acquire the Bucks' third-round entry draft pick in next year's uh, draft, uh, 24-25. And the Bucks receive all-star Brock Besser and his 30 nice. goals uh, on the season. So a little move by uh, by your dad, and let's see how that all works out. I'm kind of glad that that player didn't go to any of right, the team yeah. teams, so that's good. I'm um, happy about that. Got no. no problem there. So all that being said... Current standings uh, are as follows. Apocalypse 12 and 4. Royals 12 and 4. The Apocalypse hold the lead because of 0.4. Dragons sit at 10, 5, and 1. The Pawn Hogs are now one game under 500 at 7, 8, and 1. Cougars at 7 and 9. The Bucks and Demons both at 5, 10, and 1 with the Bucks holding the lead there. Uh, three points four as well. And the Brigands bringing up the rear at three, Ooh. 11, and two. The rebuild is first off. round pick, baby. Uh, so there you go. <laughs> first overall. Oh, bud. Great right now. Um, you feeling Macklin Celebrini are you?
1: I, I don't even know who that player is. I have no idea what you're talking about. You <laughs> can't talk about that. You got to get up. Get, go, go back to our Sebastian <laughs> High episode, and you'll get all that you need to know. Yeah.
0: He'll if you stay in your spot and you win the draft, should he'll be. be. Yours. We'll see. So there you go. So there you have it. Um, anything else you'd like to add for the CFHL?
1: No, it's there's not enough going on. So let's let's just move it move it on.
0: <laughs> move it, yeah, moving it on. And Beauty. the beast. And
1: Wrong. the beast.
0: Who's going first this week? You or me?
1: Uh, it'll be me. <laughs> then. Right.
0: Then, then, then let's then do let's that. Do and that. there's
1: going to be a few players here that we've already talked about a little bit, but we're going to get a li- sink our teeth into a little bit more. And I kind of went I don't know about you, but I kind of went up because again with the All-Star break and everything, which by the way, I mean, I I'm sure you saw the tweet I put out on our on our on our feed. Did you watch it? Yes. Did you watch the All-Star break? Um or the All-Star skills competition or the games, anything? I did anything? not
0: really. I did not really I I really didn't watch anything. I suppose the most that I could say is I had a snippet yeah. here and there. Like as I was yeah. kind of switching th- switching stations, I'd kind of stop and just see what was going on. I if I may, interject yes. Beauties and the Beast, there is something I'd like to get okay. off my chest. Um, we've talked about the All Star game before and I didn't necessarily have a problem mm. with it. And if I'm not mistaken, Marty, you were ex- weren't exactly the no. biggest of fans and didn't really think it had its place anymore. I'm changing my tune. And it's all because of uh-huh. one player. And we yeah, all know who it is. He might get
1: fined too, apparently. Mr. Mr. Yeah.
0: Kucherov, I've got a few words that I want to say to you. <laughs> I understand that you do not want to be there. I understand that you would rather be lying on a beach with a margarita in hand, taking it in, stand between your toes. I get you. Here's my problem. You have people out there that are spending, when I say hard earned money. Okay. Marty, we know you and I both have a a thumb on the pulse of what's going on in regards to families, uh, the money out there. A lot of people spent hard earned money to go to that rink in Toronto and watch these players. More importantly, you know in that crowd that there were several hundred of those small kids that were going there to see their favorite player, Nikita Kucherov. Nikita, here's what I got to say to you. If you're going to come to the All-Star game and give a performance, sorry, let me rephrase that, and give a pitiful performance like you did during that skills competition i don't give a rat's fuck if you are playing to the crowd playing to the villain or whatever the fuck Mm -hmm. you're doing but there are kids that showed up to that game or to that skills competition to watch their favorite player who was you the least you could have given was a (laughs) fuck and you didn't give any okay I'm. I'm sorry. This is a rant, full on. I had a really big fucking 100%. problem with that. Sorry for all the f bombs, folks. But I tell you right now, that it's right garbage. there to me, her Marty I couldn't have said it better. Absolute <clears throat> garbage. Like, listen, right, I watched Elias Peterson, one of the great great players in our league today and he at least gave a shit
1: mcdavid mcdavid gave a shit best player in the world literally doesn't have to do anything
0: i just i have such a hard time with that i'm off i'm off the all-star game i'm done i'm so done with that thing like, and what's disappointing, flipped, and it's all it's because exactly,
1: and that's the problem, and that's been my problem with this. Sorry, that's been my what has been my problem leading up to this year has been the format of it. Like it, it feels like the NHL was maybe trying a little too hard to think outside the box and be a little too creative. I really like the way things were, and they could have just left it as is. However, what will always make the All Star Weekend, especially the sp- the skills competition, worth watching. Are players who give a shit and go through whatever course that's been set up by the NHL and give it not maybe not their all but give it a show, give us something to look at. You know what? You know what, Marty? Give me
0: seventy five percent, okay? Like I'm not I'm not even asking for hundred percent out of Nikita no. Kucherov. You can give me 75, he gave Nikita, 10, Nikita, maybe. Okay? But you know what you gave me? You know what you gave? Dude, he gave me fuck all.
1: It was like, pathetic. I'm sorry, I'm going, and that's I'm what but it was, it, it when, was, when, when
0: you, really when pathetic. you get
1: players showing up and doing that kind of crap, that's what ruins it completely. Like, again, I wasn't into the all-star game weekend or whatever, but at least what I would usually do is I would actually watch the highlights from the skills competition. I saw that was the first and only clip that I saw was Kucherov. And right away, like I put, like I put on, on Twitter, I laughed. And I was like, "This is why I don't watch this bullshit." And I have yet to see any of it. All Jeez. I, I think the only other thing I saw was uh, that McDavid was apparently really fast. Shocking, <laughs> like he won the fastest, for, yeah, <laughs> the, the fastest the shock, skater yeah. competition. Well, of course, from the sounds of things, I probably could have been the fastest skater because it doesn't sound like anybody else gave a shit. So that's what bothers me, but I know McDavid well, does. McDavid puts on his show, a guy who literally doesn't have to prove anything to anybody, but he knows the fans are what's most important, especially those kids. You're building generations. That's what you're doing. So fucking man up.
0: And and, and you know, and you know what, Marty, I had a, a small chat with a coworker just today about this, and he, you know, he came up with a pretty good solution. Now I retorted and said that that I agree with him. But the only problem would be the NHLPA and his and his answer to solving that problem, Nikita Kucherov, you're suspended for the first two playoffs. oh, playoffs. whoa, Wow. now now, now I, I agreed with him for, I agreed with him wholeheartedly, but I but again, like I, I yeah. like I said, I told him I said, I have five letters for you. That I, yeah, gotta, that I gotta spit out to you. N H yeah. L P A. And of course they'll never let it happen. And, but they, and are they are talking about fine. suspending him. Not one of these uh,
1: sorry, not suspending him. I think fining him for what he did. The Before, only, like I mean
0: and the only problem that I and, and I know I speak for both of us, Marty, and I'll leave it at this after. I speak for both of us in regards to that. You and I both know they could fucking find him a million matter. dollars, yeah. and that's a drop in the bucket from from from, from his career earnings. So he doesn't oh give a my- damn. He'll pay the
1: million bucks. No, no. Like, oh, fuck. You want to have a listen? Hold on. Is this. Am I reading something old? I oh, God, I hope I'm not reading something old. Because I just looked it up. Nikita Kuchov to be fined. So what. Uh, oh, no. Okay. So this was in 2019. Thank God. Okay. Um, so there is supposed to face significant uh, supplemental punishment for his antics at the All Star Games. So it's still not out yet what they're going to do, but they're going to do something. But the one I just, <laughs> I just read off the top, like uh, Tampa Bay and keep has been fined $5,000, the maximum allowed under the CBM. Like, oh my God, that would have fucking joke, but it was for something else. It had nothing to do with that. So anyway, so yeah, we'll wait yeah. and see. It is coming. I think, I don't think a fine would do it. I think agree. I think, yeah, I, I, I don't think playoffs is the right way. I think you suspend him, um, for like two, maybe three games coming out of the all-star, uh, coming out of the all-star break because you don't want to affect playoffs for many reasons. However, you could you could affect their chances of getting to the playoffs, especially Tampa, because they play more games than most yeah. other teams, and they're technically in kind of a little bit of a battle. So three games without Kucherov could mean the difference between winning or losing those three games. So that does mean something significant. Is it a bit harsh? I don't know. Maybe that's a conversation for another show, but it, it's... Something to chew on for now, folks. Uh, welcome to Tugalag. <laughs> we give you stuff just to think about. All right. Okay. Beauties and okay, beasts. Now yes. that
0: I've deviated from that. Sorry Be- about that. Okay. Be- okay. <laughs>
1: All right. So David Pasternak, 33 goals, 38, uh, 39 assists, 72 points in 49 games. Were there questions about how good Pasternak would be without Bergeron Krejci? Yes. Hell, even I questioned the idea of him basically re-signing there, which kind of, to me, seemed a bit off-putting. I didn't understand it. I just didn't see how this team was going to be able to give him the cookies, as he's a finisher after all. Well, I massively underestimated what Pasternak is capable of doing. He's leading his team in both goals and assists. He's a well-rounded player in every sense of the word. Of the top three goal scorers in the league, of which he's number three, he's tops in plus-minus plus-minus. And ahead, and actually, quite frankly, head and shoulders ahead of the fourth place Kucherov, actually. Um, So it says a lot. So he's got MVP nominations written all over him in my books. Um, The way he's responded, the way he's elevated his game. It's very impressive what he's done uh, with this season. I, I know a lot of people will say it's expected. I don't know that I expected him to come out so hard with you know already over 30 goals and you know basically um, 75 points in 50 games. Like it's, it's a very impressive resume already for a team that's supposed to be depleted. So it's awesome to see what he's doing. He is absolutely one of the best in the world still to this day. So good kudos to David Pasternak.
0: And and to kind of piggyback on what you were saying here, Marty. I mean, the thing of it is, it's the pace yeah. at which he's scoring, right? Like nothing's nothing changed. changed. It's so it's weird. Like, it's like it's like Bergeron's yeah. still there. It's like everybody's yeah. still there. Like nothing. And, and and I'm sorry, I was in the same boat as you. You at least expected a drop off of some sort. And I'm sorry, 72 points in 49 games. That all the
1: job. all the goals and so, all the assists that you can get. Like this is there's no drop off if anything he's elevated his game even higher. Like it's like Marshawn's yeah. kind of fallen off. So he's he's had to pick up the pace and he has. He's answered every bell. So it's fucking impressive what he's doing.
0: And he's got and and you know what the last thing I got to say about him and I've seen I've seen it a couple times over the past 3 weeks now. He has got such a deceptive shot. Oh. Like he comes in he comes into that kind Of comes in on a breakaway, uh, during the uh, the all star game itself, and he comes in kind of moves in towards the center of the ice, but then he just I don't know if he how he just flicks that stick and he kind of cross body like Ooh. he's got the goaltender going one way and he kind of brings it back anyway. It's got skill, it's very, very deceptive. It's great, It's got skill at <laughs> the wazoo yeah. for sure.
1: Um, Pasternak, absolutely, absolutely. one. Uh, Victor Hedman nine goals, 41 assists, 50 points in 48 games. He's third in the league in points for a defenseman. And honestly, if it wasn't for the fact that Hughes and McCarr are basically the second coming of Bobby Orr, Victor Hedman, who is eight years older, by the way, than both of them, he'd be getting a lot more attention. What he's doing, what he has done consistently over the last 14 years is nothing short of remarkable. I'm, I'm not sure there's a defenseman who's played more games. And honestly, at his age and his injury history, he should be slowing down. Seems every year for the past three seasons, we've talked about how Hedman's passed the torch over to Sergachev, but he's proving again that we all need to pump the brakes on that idea. And But it will happen at some point, but I think it'll happen on his time when he decides it's done. Not when Tampa says it's time or yeah. not when Sergachev says it's time. It's time only when Hedman says it is.
0: <laughs> well, It's so funny, right? Like, I mean, Hedman, I mean, for, for me personally, going with my, my team, it was between Gensel and Hedman. Right, it was, I remember. It was, those were my, my last, two, bu- last yeah. two bubble boys. And because of our scoring system for defensemen, uh, I, I, I leaned towards Hedman. Yeah. holy shit am <laughs> yeah. I ever glad that I that I leaned that way and, and that's not taking anything no, away from no. Gensel I think the guy's he a point a game if not, if not a nice. point of game um, but man oh man like and, and there, was a, uh, there was a lot of questions yep. about Hedman like is this where Sergeyev again does start to I mean he had yes. he had done it last year now there was a little bit of an injury thing going on with Hedman yeah. that way he didn't miss many games but I don't know if he was yeah. 100% I don't think so either. Uh, for long stretches of the year last year either way uh, like you mentioned, Marty, third in the league in points for defense. I I never Not saw there. him hit, hitting that mm-hmm. this year. Um, d- did I did I foresee him falling behind Sergeyev fully? No, I I still thought that this guy yeah. had some game and, uh, you know, the, these guys, right, Stanley oh, Cup winners. I mean, he's won tons of awards, first overall pick. Like, th- there's a lot yeah. of pride there, right? So. I'm not saying, oh, geez, uh, Hedman's got a lot of pride, so I'm going to keep him on the no, team no. this year. It wasn't that, but you know somewhere down the line that he's not just going to let no, it go. No, exactly. Right? Like, he's going to fight to keep it to a yeah. certain extent. And that's what I'm trying to kind of get across there. But, yeah, Hedman is definitely... Beauty. Um, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't say a full surprise, but it- it's kind of surprising to see where is I would say right it's a now?
1: surprise that he's behind only Hughes and Makar. Um, and that's surprising. Yes, yes, that's absolutely. impressive as shit.
0: Like you'd, ex- like like it, the point, the points aren't so like it's not you know it's not super surprising. But like you say, the fact that it's only those two ahead of him exactly this there's year? nobody that else ahead
1: of Hedman. take those two players out he's the best in the league like i don't know if i ever would have been comfortable saying that i don't think i would have been comfortable saying that coming in this league yeah yeah so it's, it's impressive a, yeah it almost sounds exactly, a little weird yeah right? yeah but again McC- fucking mccarr and hughes are the second coming of bobby Orr. like what are we talking about here exactly. it's not even fair
0: like, these are very special special players i mean
1: i i don't know eight don't years know younger they,
0: you know what marty <laughs> No, but you know what? I was gonna say I don't know if I'd go generational, but for, for defensemen, market, probably. I'd say both of them. I, I agree. Yeah. Really.
1: So, like, and he's like, it's kind of he's keeping up with two. them to a degree. Like he's not toe to toe, but he is keeping up with them.
0: That's ex- that's a lot of experience. Exactly. Out there. That's yeah. a lot of experience yeah. too.
1: Um. Next up, oh man, Connor Hellebuck, twenty three, nine two shutouts, 229-24 of the qualifying goalies in the league. Sitting atop are a helibuck and Swayman with a 924 save percentage. But Helly's GAA is better by 10 points. Or 0.10 points, sorry. All the while playing eight more games. So if you know anything about fantasy and stats, you know that if you play more games, the tendency is that the numbers will actually go up, not down. So in Helly's case. So while well, he's just being lights out all season long, and as great as Swayman's been, and he's been great, Helly's just been better. And I, I'm not comfortable, while no, I man. love the system in Boston, and I know Swayman is not just a beneficiary of the, of the system, a lot can be said about Winnipeg too. Great system. But I'm not comfortable in saying that it's just because of the system. I'm looking at two top, top goalies in the league right now, in Swayman and Hellebuck. And I honestly feel that Hellebuck is the better goalie to a degree. You, you were, But now we're grasping at straws here. But I would say Hellebuck, just because he's played the more games, and he's done it more consistently, and he's on a team that's... The system isn't as great in Boston, but Winnipeg's got maybe a little bit more flash in the pan, so to speak. But I would give a nod to Hellebuck in this season.
0: It's kind of weird to say, like... I I think I, I would say that the Winnipeg Jets, player for player yeah player for player first line second third fourth defense top six so i think winnipeg is slightly slightly i would than say Boston. so too um yeah you know they, they go out and get Monaghan yeah. uh, oh, from montreal oh too yeah thanks for yeah. thank th- <laughs> th- thank you very much for two first round picks Not there bad. by the way Sean. really really appreciate it thank you um but yeah he's going to fill in uh a, you know yep. second line center arguably if you will maybe they have some different plans there um but i i again this is this is one of those teams where i just i feel if you get the winnipeg jets be a little concerned round, man like you're just gonna get the living you're gonna get the crap
1: beat out yeah, of you man probably
0: like it's it's gonna if, and good again, luck beating hell again if you get out once of you first... like you may get through them but good luck beating hell <clears throat> and 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 you know what? Now that they've got <coughs> Brochot out there yeah. too, like don't be oh, yeah. wrong. Yes, that's a bit of a drop off. That's a drop off. Yes, but that's he's not, proven himself in moments too. It's though it's a drop off, but I'm not. I'm not directing. Yeah, exactly. I'm not directing any arrows at Brochot. He has yes. played very, very yeah. well this year. Done it before too. And all the experience that he got during the yeah. yeah, all the experience he got in the cup run. Because don't forget, his name's on yeah, the exactly.
1: Cup. He Absolutely, is on yeah. the cup.
0: Like he he was he was there. he maybe wasn't the biggest of pieces. It was more Aiden Hill than anything yeah. else, but he, he, had, he was yeah, around. Yeah,
1: he he was serviceable. He he's, he went.
0: <laughs> he, he took the, He took he took that journey yes. with that team. So he's bringing that to Winnipeg, and they're going to be able to pull from yeah. that. So. All good stuff going on for Winnipeg, and Hellebuck is probably one of the biggest reasons why.
1: Uh, And my beast for for tonight, Thomas Shabbat. Two goals, 13 assists, 15 points in 25 games for a guy who at one point created such a buzz with his fans. They all figured, you know, he was their post-Carlson answer. While he's really found a way to go from that to trade me right fucking now, the only problem... There it is, yeah. Love it. Snapshot. Beauty. Uh, The only problem is his poor play has really made that trade extremely difficult. There's a lot going wrong for Ottawa, it seems, these days. And to me, the chatter that emerged out of Twitter that Ottawa needed to trade away Chikrin is a direct result of the fans wanting to to get better, but knowing full well they're not going to get squat for Shabbat. So quite frankly, that chatter is is a result of Thomas Shabbat's poor play. So I blame him for that, too. And at this point now... There's nothing they can do with Shabbat. And next year, he's got a um, a a modified no-trade, no-movement clause or whatever it's called. Um, So it's going to be a little bit harder there, too. And I think he's got three years left. So this is going to be very difficult for Ottawa. But I do think they need to move past Shabbat. And I swear to God, if they trade Chikrin, I mean, that's just the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And that really bothered me on Twitter. But regardless... Thomas Shabbat, you're a big beast because honestly, you've been a beast for the last couple of years, in my opinion. In Ottawa, you really just you had, you came out with so much hope and, and and hype, and it kind of fizzled out every year since then.
0: Well, I'm going to tell you, I hope that listen, things have not gone Ottawa's way in what feels like three years, like since we started this <laughs> podcast. Bit. It just feels like Ottawa's like it, they just can't get yeah. a grip on it, right? <clears throat> And Marty, I echo your sentiments 100% when it comes to Thomas Shabbat. He has to be the one that's traded out yeah. of those three defensemen. And those three being um, oh, Sanderson, yeah. Chikrin, and Shabbat. You've got Chikrin at 4.6 next year. Uh, Sanderson is going to start his $8 million deal. His 8 times 8, basically, it's actually 8.05. Okay. Um Next year, he's going to start that. Ottawa, listen, I don't know how you're going to be able yeah. to do it. Uh, hopefully, Shabbat can turn around his game and can get some yeah. value for you. But I really hope they don't make the wrong decision here, Marty. And, and They and would I'm lose swear, fans. I don't give a shit what you got They do. went
1: If they kept Shabbat and they uh, got rid of Chikrin, they would lose fans.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they really will. And, and I find all of this trade talk about yeah. Chikrin this year, I I, fi- I, I, I just find it, it ridiculous. I really do. Um, you know, I-, I hope somebody in that organization, you know, puts their foot down and kind of says, okay, like yeah. enough's enough here. Shabbat, you're out of here with your 8 million bucks. Um, if we got to eat two or 3 million of that, okay. So Sometimes you just got to do that to move here. on. What, whatever the case may be now, I'd have to think about this two, 3 million a little bit more there, but. If I had to swallow some maybe one point five to bring it down to like six point five for the yeah. other team, whatever, okay, um I better be getting a little another something draft pick or a play whatever i whatever whatever I'm getting return, yeah. I better get something back, but please guys, please just don't make the don't make yeah. the mistake if you're gonna get rid of anybody out of it' got please figure a way to yeah. get rid of Shabbat and let's move this thing into a, a situation where we can get these guys into yeah. the playoffs because for' it's getting a bit sake, much, there's a lot of yeah. skill on this team. It is getting a bit much, and and you know what? Uh, we go back to that word culture. This is a team that has that's lacking. It's lacking like endlessly Oh, endlessly, very endlessly. much
1: so. Good point. Very a, good point.
0: as compared to the two teams we talked about today in Boston and Vancouver, they yeah. need some. So I hope they get it. I don't know how they're going to get it, but I hope you get it and you get it soon. We'll get away from Ottawa. We'll get away <laughs> from all that negativity, and we'll bring it back to the Vancouver Canucks. And I'm going back to JT Miller. Like, listen, it was the first guy that I had written down for my uh, beauties this week. And the, bi- the big part of it had to do, Marty, with going back a few years, about two and a half years ago, maybe about two years ago, I remember you and I having a conversation. And it was to the tune of me saying, like, I'm getting sick and tired of this guy yeah. and his antics. Like, I just want him to fucking play hockey and score me 99 points in a free <laughs> fantasy league. Like that—that's what I want you to do, JT. Stop with the bullshit. Stop by telling your goaltender to go to the bench on a friggin' delayed penalty and all this other garbage. Damn Stop it. it. <laughs> well, as soon as Talkett yeah. got in there, obviously, obviously, Talkin, I'm sure had to sit down with Miller. They're kind of the same player, so that's a good he point. gets him. And, and I think he just and I just think he reined him in and said, "Listen, dude, you're all that in a bag of chips. Leave the other garbage behind. I'll take care of that." And, and I mean, Marty, I mean, do I need to say, JT Miller is your leading scorer for the Vancouver Canucks. Like, yeah, there you go. I mean, he's got 14, he's got 14 points in his last 10 games, seven in his last five. In my personal opinion, he's the heart and soul of that Canucks roster. I'm not saying that other pieces aren't important. Like sure. As the captain and so on. But I think your heartbeat is Miller. Uh, remarkably consistent. Yeah. Marty, he has 366 points in his last 332 games. Wow. Like 1.10 points per game. He very is very nice. Consistent. I did not know that. Hasn't As a centerman, he hasn't dipped lower than 53% in the faceoff. Holy in crap. Six of the last seven years. Manage, like I mentioned, he's managing his emotion in a much more constructive way as opposed to a few years ago. Guy's thriving, thriving under Tockett. And I'm sorry, as far as I'm concerned, this year, this stretch that we see here, the 76 points in like 49, this is the best hockey of his career. Yeah, This is the best hockey of his career. He may not hit his 99-point total from yeah. a few years ago, but I, I'm sorry, JT Miller as yeah. a whole is playing the best hockey of his career. I mean, the guy's got 49, uh, 49 games played, 21 goals, 46 assists. 67 points plus 21 in 1944 time on ice. And Tockett's brought his ice time down under 20 minutes. Really? So he's going to have that much more gumption with this guy going into the playoffs. So JT Miller, Deserving you me. are my first beauty this week. And I'm going to have a bit of a theme here. It's guys that you kind of didn't expect to be where they are. JT Miller, yes, but from a few years ago, we were like, mm, yeah. where is this going? The other, my second one this week is Mark Stone. Um, 50, 50 games played, 15 goals, 34 assists for 49 points. Guy's point a game. He's a plus one. Dude's playing nineteen thirty seven 37, and 9. Uh, last time <laughs> we checked in with Mark Stone, he was having back surgery upon yeah. back surgery. Comes back for the playoffs, has a wicked yeah. playoff. Like this guy was down and oh, out, yeah. and, and I'm sorry. Like the numbers are there: ten points in his last ten, three in his last five. This is another guy who's the heart and soul of his of his lineup, big time. Uh, from the start of last year's playoffs up to this point ra- that we're yeah. at right now, is absolutely remarkable with all of the back issues he's had the past few years. Like, the guy's playing a game. Like <laughs> what more do you I want? I stayed away from him yes, at the draft me table. Too. Because of because yeah. of the injuries, and this guy is a point yeah. of game player. Like that's all that needs Crazy. to be said. I mean, he's got Vegas poised and in position to do damage once again. He's an absolute matchup nightmare because of his yeah. two way acumen. The guy can absolutely stifle you, and then go back down the ice and bury one. Like just so he's he's hard to match up against. And lastly, he's another one of those guys that gives you the intangibles, yeah. right? Now, where Stone maybe not, is not going to give you the physical intangible, what he's giving you is that defensive mm-hmm. acumen. Like takeaways, like all these little things, right, that become so much more amplified in the playoffs. Like this guy is perfect, perfect at it. And I mean, look, he's insulated in that lineup. It's not like he's the guy. And it all goes through Mark's. Like, there's several guys in that lineup that it goes through. So, anyway, Mark Stone, tip of the cap to you, my friend. You are my second beauty for the week. Number three, another problem (laughs) child from a few years (laughs) ago. Jordan Binnington. This is a surprise. 17 wins, 13 losses, two in overtime. Corrifforal numbers, Marty. Listen, I'm going to say it right out. They're not great. 2.92 GAA. 9.08 9.08 save percentage with two shutouts. He's managed to reel himself back in and not have his contract look like an <laughs> albatross. So that alone, Marty, that alone. Because even if in two years St. Louis wants to move on from him, at least if he can continue this type mm-hmm. of play, you would probably want those goals against average to come down a little bit there, maybe two, six yeah, yeah. ish at most kind of deal, but something yeah. you can work with. I mean... Listen, you can't take anything away from the guy. He's battled the, uh, along with the Blues, and they've kept themselves in a dogfight for the second wild card in the West. Do they tail off at the, at the second part of the year? Is Armstrong looking to kind of continue with a little bit of a retool? Who knows how this all plays out in the second half, but they are where they are. I mean, Bennington himself in his last seven games is 4-2-1 with a 2.43 goals against average and a 9.20 save percentage, which includes a shutout. So, Jesus. Things have been going well here for the Blues. I, th- I think the Blues. I want to say are like something like six three and one or six and four in their last ten. Oh, okay. Um, so things six, are three moving and one in the yet. Things are moving in the right direction. <clears throat> Bennington has definitely been a, yeah. a part of that. You know, Joel Hofer, uh, a yeah. youngster out there as the backup. You know, s- gives him a little bit of time off here and there, and uh, Hofer's kind of trying to find his game in the National mm-hmm. Hockey League as well. But he hasn't been horrible, so he can come in there and and and. and you know, spell uh, Binnington yeah. for a little bit here when need be. But listen, from, from a couple of years ago, dude, where we were all like, holy shit, there's like another five years of this contract <laughs> yeah. for the Blues. Like, what the fuck yeah. are they going to do with this thing? Like, he's, he's gotten it to a point that things can be massaged, if right. you will, uh, to, to, to make things work a little bit here. So you know what, Jordan Binnington, uh, hats off to you as well, my friend. Turned you are around. my third beauty yeah. of the week. My beast. Is uh, one of my own players on my fantasy this team, hurts. and I think a lot of people are kind of in the same boat here. Yeah. Igor Shishkin, what's going on with the form of Vesnina? It's Widowman? weird. Um, you know, uh, I got uh, got a nice little stat from uh, from Joel, and I wish I could read it um, um, word for word, but he sent something in regards to. I think he sent it in a group text or uh, that we had, and it was in regards to uh, Shishkin's workload. Uh, meaning shots per game. It seems like whenever he gets a fair bit of shots, he actually plays pretty well. But whenever the shots are kind of low, it seems like, you know, the peripheral numbers just aren't there as much. So um just wanted to point that out. Interesting. Uh, definitely something to kind of keep to, to keep an eye on for sure. I mean, look, I personally think the all-star break came at the right time for him. Um, you know, he, he, whether he needs a breather or whatever the, whatever he needs, I just hope that the break was able to kind of do some good for him. I mean, his last eight games before the break, he was three and four. So I think, if I'm not mistaken, he got pulled in one of those games, which would make the eighth game. Or sorry, uh, in the last sorry, my bad. In his last seven, he is three and four with a three point one eight GAA and an eight sixty four save percentage. Yikes, man! Like that's not good stuff whatsoever. Uh, if the Rangers care to keep top spot sure. in the Metro, they're gonna have to get him right soon. Um, thankfully, thankfully, Jonathan Quick has decided yep. to Huge. come out of his doldrum from the past couple of years because he is playing massively uh, for that team and, and spelling Igor Shosturkin yeah. big time throughout the first half. That is for sure. Um, listen, I mean, Shosturkin himself is going to want to get oh, his game sure. back, um, or he's going to, or, or he's going to find Jonathan Quick eating up even mm. more of those starts. So, uh, look, I mean, I. I think once it's all said and done and at the end of the day, I think, obviously, Shesterkin finds his game. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, isn't just coming from, like, a, a junior B league here. He yeah, exactly. KHL. Now, granted, it's no, not but the still. NHL. But, I mean, this guy comes over and had a, you know, good good first yeah. couple of years here, having a bit of a down year for sure. It, again, it just goes to show you folks that the goaltending position is very volatile. Especially like, lately. I mean, Argu- arguably any manager in my league would have said that I yep. had the best goaltending about oh, we did. bar none. And I'm, I'm not I'm not saying, I'm not hiding that whatsoever. But, I mean, I've uh, Sturkin and Sorokin have definitely no. not done what I've needed them to do this year. I mean, thank God that I went and yeah. got Hellebuck because he's the only one that's really consistently yeah. uh, playing well for me in nets. Um, so, again, you know, zero goalie strategy. Uh, comes into play it, you know there's a reason that that's gained some traction over the past um that quote um, the quote you're talking about from
1: joel sorry but is uh so what is wrong with shesterkin just not himself seems like he needs to be busy to be good since the new year 21 shots on goal or less 786 save percentage 22 shots on goal or few, or more sorry or more 954 save percentage so kind of a uh, roberto luongo yeah. thing right where luongo was played a lot like that too uh, he actually set the record for the most saves in the season when he was with Florida right before he went over to Vancouver. And then he wasn't seeing as many pucks in Vancouver. They were kind of defensively minded. And all of a sudden, Roberto Luongo wasn't as great as it was in Florida. Similar thing, like what Joel is suggesting here. Maybe he needs to be busy to be good. So good stat there, Joel. Thank you for that.
0: You no, know, and I mean, you know what? Like, you got to hope for any shirking owners out there, you got to hope that... You know, the break does exactly yeah. what it's done on numerous occasions for other for other other players, uh, goaltenders included. Um, and, and hopefully the break was, was good for him. You know, he was able to go down there uh, and win with that uh, that Leafs group, uh, along with Barzala, right. if I'm not mistaken. That group uh, took home the, uh, the million bucks or whatever prize they got there this year. Um, so, you know, hopefully that makes him <laughs> feel good. And he's got a good vibe going into the second half of the yeah. season. We'll see. Um, but listen, the Rangers are, are one of those teams that's in yes. win now mode, and for them to do any damage, uh, regardless of how whether how well quick no quick they is need to Shester- uh, for this team to do any damage, yeah. they're gonna need Shosturkin to be Shosturkin, and uh, and get back to his game because um, he is way off right now. And you know what, Igor, you are. my beast for the week buddy
1: there you have it episode 19 19. well done thank you folks thank you for listening please please
0: head down to wherever you uh listen to your uh your podcast whatever platform you go to and please give us a rate and or review we would kindly appreciate that sure And of course, as usual, uh, a big thank you to the Hockey Podcast Network uh, and DraftKings, our sponsor, uh, for uh, helping us out
1: and putting the show
0: on. Uh, Other than that, Marty, I I, I Uh, think that's it. Thank you
1: very much for listening. We'll see you next time. Boom!
0: Thank you. That's it. Thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you are interested in reaching out to us, you can email us at and guests at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes on our website at twogalag.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter for all of our info. Our handle is at twogalag. That's the number two, followed by G-A-L-A-G. Thanks for listening, and until next time.